2: Southern Miss to the top. top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad you could join us coast-to-coast, border-to-border in the state of Mississippi on the... Super Talk Mississippi Network of Stations. I'm Kelly Sander in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. My colleague, Luke Johnson, joins us from the First Bank Studio in Laurel. Merg is pushing all the buttons today to make sure everything goes well. And we've got a great show planned for you today. Devin Thomas is going to be joining us here momentarily. Devin's dad, Adelius Thomas, played at Southern Miss, so he's what you would call a legacy. We're going to talk about what it's like growing up. As a son of a, not just a Southern Miss great, but an NFL great. And the expectations, rightly or wrongly, that are put on kids who are the offspring, shall we say, of great football players. Then a little bit later on, we kind of switch it up. Derek Hamilton will be joining us. Of course, Derek Hamilton of the Fab Five back in the 1987 NIT championship year. His son, Kyle, is a defensive back for Notre Dame. Which many draft boards in college football have him as the number four draft pick in the upcoming NFL drafts. We'll talk with Derek Hamilton not only about his days at Southern Miss, but what he and his family are potentially getting ready for in the NFL draft. This first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's can take care of any part or all of your holiday meal. If you want them to handle just the meats, they can take care of that. Just the side dishes, they can do that as well. But get your orders in now. You'll never regret... leaving Dickie's in charge of your holiday meals. And we're glad that they're with us here on the Eagle Hour. Devin Thomas joins us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from his home in Coosa County, Alabama. He is a linebacker at Southern Miss. He's got one year of eligibility left, even though he will be graduating in May with a degree in entrepreneurship, which it took me about 10 minutes just to write the word entrepreneurship. Devin, glad to have you with us. We, we had a real poignant conversation, you and I, a couple of weeks ago, and you kind of opened up your heart to me about about most people would think it's all glitz and glamour being the child of an NFL player. But I thought one of the things that was that really stuck out in my mind about the conversation, is you said, that just about every move you make, you have to think, how will this affect my father's reputation? How will this affect our family? Just because your dad played in the National Football League, can you kind of take it from there? And share with me what, what, or share with everybody else what you were sharing with me about what it's like being the son of an NFL great.
2: Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, the honors all mine. And uh, to jump into the question, uh, yeah, um, starting off as a young kid, uh, life is like. It for me is like everybody else. You have your valleys, your mountains, your peaks, your lows. Um, which you learn fast that people are trying to take advantage of. Of you, of you because or of me because of who my dad was and so I kind of have to learn that piece of not everybody is genuine you know right. people want to get to me just to get an autograph or get a picture or spend time with me and kind of get to say oh they know my dad and so um, it just taught me how to calculate my every move and see how it affects me how it affects my family um, and to know that if I was to do something wrong, they'd bring up my dad first and not me.
1: Yeah, so if you were, hypothetically, if you were to have a run-in with the law, it wouldn't necessarily be that Devin Thomas had a run-in with the law. It would be Adelius Thomas's kid had a run-in with the law.
2: Right. Kind of, um, yeah, like you said, in the papers or on the news or anything, they'll mention my dad's name first and all his accolades and everything, his reputation. And then they'll mention my name because I'm on the football team at USM.
1: And, so, and and your dad played at Southern Miss from 1996 to 1999, then had a Super Bowl ring with the New England Patriots uh, very shortly thereafter. Now, you and Frank Gore Jr. actually share that same type of situation. What what kind of conversations have you and Frank Gore Jr. who obviously's dad dad is Frank Gore, one of the most prolific running backs in the history of the league. What kind of conversations if any have you had with Frank along these lines?
2: Um I not, not really have many uh not none at all to be honest. Uh one you kind of know what you guys go through and but the the way you live your lifestyle is going to be different, you know. Um So, me and Frank really haven't talked about it. I just know we've talked about watching each other's dad play. Well, I know I've talked to him about it, how I watch his dad play and, like, kind of help me learn how to study for the game and, and I've seen his dad come up and watch film with him and stuff like that. But I really had a conversation.
1: And, and I would think, Devin, before we get Luke in here on the conversation, I would think one of the toughest things is everybody expects you to be as good as your dad. Whether or not you are is beside the point. It's that they expect you to be. That's not fair.
2: It's not. But life is just fair. my dad taught me that. And the rest of my family taught me that at a young age. And so... Um, taught that expectations are going to be set, but I've learned early that if I'm trying to fill somebody else's shoes and not mine, then I'll never be satisfied. And so I just try to focus on being the best person I can be every day, pushing myself past my limits every day in every aspect, whether it's on the field, in the classroom, in life, with family, emotionally, mentally, physically. It doesn't really matter. Just try to be the best at what you can do. If you're not trying to be the best and push past your limits every day, then you're selling yourself short.
1: Luke Johnson, he sounds like Devin's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, I think. he does Devin,
0: thanks so much for coming on today. I guess my first question is, has your dad ever let you touch or wear the Super Bowl ring, and if so, have you worn it out in public? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yes, of course, I've touched it, and I've put it on inside the house. Um, yeah. but no, I haven't went outside the house. Mainly, I didn't want to mess it up. you know, as a kid, I was known. I was clumsy and would fall or break something, so me touching the Super Bowl ring outside the house did not happen. Under my own restriction, I need to ask the question.
0: So so he he encouraged it. You just didn't want to mess with it. That's a a good son for sure. All right, the first time you ever put on black and gold yourself, I'm talking about uh, for a game, what did it feel like to look at it in a new – age a new generation of southern miss football to have southern miss on the front but to have that thomas name on the back can you excri- uh, describe that experience
2: um it's a so real experience words don't really describe how you feel um it's one of the best moments of my life you know the, no i'm going out here to compete and help my team win and I have my name on my back, and I look up, my dad's name is at the top of the stadium on the south end zone, and it's just a surreal moment, you know, and it's it it, it encourages me to be better and push myself past my limits, as I said before, on the football field, you know, and I, growing up, I always competed against my dad. uh, rarely won, unless it was a horse or some video games, but, <laughs> <laughs> I will always compete against them, and to know that I have a chance to, after this, I can compare my stats and kind of say I did, I went down the same path that my dad did. It's uh, not many because absolutely, so,
0: a lot of people couldn't say uh, you know that they played football and basketball at Southern Mass I think your dad was the first uh, guy that that had ever done that in school history. Can, can he still shoot? I mean, or is he creeping up and, and the gray hairs appearing?
2: Oh, no, nah, he can still shoot. He can still shoot. He can still jump. Um, he keeps actually playing basketball quite often. He said he wanted to stay in shape. I said let me let me take over a little bit, but uh, I didn't. I didn't get the uh, the height to play basketball. So yeah, you know, but now nah, he can still shoot.
1: Devin, I wanted to ask you in our conversation that we had a couple weeks ago. You had said that that when you were younger in elementary school and junior high, it was almost to the point where you didn't want people to know. That Adelius Thomas was your dad, and I and I um, and oh, no, I and just sorry, I just ahead. no I just think that that's societally that's sad that mm-hmm. you almost can't publicly be proud of of your of your dad. But it was all the other attention that you, that you would get that maybe you didn't want simply because you noted that Adelius Thomas was your dad.
2: Oh yeah, so when I was growing up, you know, living with my dad, sometimes I, I was so excited and proud of who my dad was. I would tell them right off the bat, you know, my dad's such and such. And, you know, I, you kind of get the backlash because then people are like, to bother you all the time. so I in my daily routine. When I meet somebody new, I wouldn't say it anymore. And if they didn't act, I didn't tell type deal. Um, but I was always proud of who my dad was. But it's just the. The unwanted attention, you know, it's just like going out, and you have everything on is flashing. Everybody wants to be in your face. Everybody wants to be your friend, and not everybody's genuine. And so that's that's the whole uh, ordeal. And it was just, it was just like that.
1: Well, we wish you the best of luck. You've got to one more year, and even though you're going to graduate in May, you've said that you fully intend to exercise your final year of eligibility as a Golden Eagle on the football team and to grow up as the son of Adelius Thomas. Man, a second-generation Golden Eagle on the Eagle Hour today. Devin, hope you have a good Christmas holiday. We'll see you back here again when the second semester starts.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Likewise.
1: All right. Devin Thomas from... Coosa County, Alabama, Luke Johnson, I, and Merg will be back in a moment. We'll be talking with Derek Hamilton, former NIT basketball standout. His family's got some big, big news that they're going to be facing here shortly. We'll talk about it more when the Eagle Hour continues.
2: Southern Miss to the top.
1: This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark. Just in time for Christmas shopping. If you're a Southern Miss fan, you don't need to go to any of these other websites out there that stuff might be shipped from foreign countries and may not get there on time. And all. Look, if you're a Southern Miss fan want any type of Southern Miss swag, Campus Bookmark is the only place you need to go. The bright yellow building right across from the main campus on Hardy Street uh, and that's your your place to go for all of your Southern Miss needs, and they have been a sponsor on the show for a while. We're glad to have we had uh, Kathleen Sick on the program yesterday, talking about all the things uh, going on at uh, at Campus Bookmart. and so we're we're glad to have them. We're glad to have them on the program. Still to come, we're going to be talking with Derek Hamilton. Uh, Derek Hamilton was on the 1987 NIT team, of course, which I, I think. I think that was probably the biggest thing to ever happen to Southern Miss was when they went into Madison Square Garden and won the NIT tournament. And I know people think, well, it's not the NCAA tournament. But that really kind of started the basketball run for Southern Miss was when they won that NIT tournament, of course, then made some NCAA trips after that. So it might have been got to crawl before you can walk, you know, that sort of thing. But Derek Hamilton also understood that basketball was to be entertainment, that people had their they uh, they were spending money to be entertained, and we welcome now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline, the author of the Gold 23 Lob, <laughs> the one, the only, Derek Hamilton. Derek, how's it going, man?
3: How you doing, buddy? You just caught me. I'm in a doctor's office. I just had a hip surgery, so... I had to get some work done on my hip, so that's pretty funny that you are catching me here while i just after having the doctor's appointment.
1: Well, you know, age catch, catches up with all of us. But for, before we get into all the exciting things happening in your family, and we thank you for being on the show, explain the gold twenty-three lob as M. K. Turk would have described it. What exactly was the gold twenty-three lob?
3: Uh, gold twenty-three lob was a specialty play that we started running. In the summertime, playing pickup, myself and Casey had a special bond. On he knew when I would cut, and I was pretty good at jumping. That's why my hip is messed up now. (laughs) Right, but that's that's the origin of the gold twenty-three lob. And we start doing it in practice. And Coach Turk, being the pioneer that he was, he's like, "Hey, let's put that in the game." So he put in the game plan, and the rest is history.
1: So gold and twenty-three, of course, was your number. Um, so, yeah. people were wondering where that name or number came from the the gold twenty three lob You also had a, a unique feature on the m k Turk show television show at the time, Derek Hamilton at large, where we and I was part of that production. we actually just turned on the camera and and let you do your thing and I remember one one of your segments you decided you were going to be a coach for a day where you were going to have everybody change positions except for a couple of the guys on the bench. Who you kept on the bench? <laughs> <At> that, <time. laughs> that
3: was just Derek Nowitzki being an asshole. Excuse me. <laughs> That's what that was. But it was like Coach. He was such a wonderful man, and he once we started winning, I mean, winning brings confidence. Sure. Confidence brings things that you can do that you would never be able to do. So Coach was fine with it. So I made the point guard the center. I made the center of the point guard, and like you said, I did keep the guys on the bench on the bench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so.
1: I think it was DJ Bow and Slink Chapman were the two guys. But
3: they took it. They took it the right way. Yeah, I'm I still talk to those guys these day, to this sure. day. DJ lives in Florida, and Slink lives in Mobile, where I'm from. So you know, it was all in, in, in fun. But you know, that was a pretty fun fun moment in my life.
1: All right, well, let's let's get, let's get people up to date uh, as to what's going on in your family. Your son, Kyle, the highly heralded defensive back with Notre Dame. There's been a coaching change at Notre Dame. Since then, your son has decided he's going to sit out the Fiesta Bowl. Mike Leach of Mississippi State has been admonishing players who sit out uh, bowl games. First of all, Derek, as, a, as an athlete at a very high level yourself, um, what is your response to Mike Leach and other coaches saying that players shouldn't necessarily sit out uh, bowl games, and then we'll get into what might be down the road for for Kyle.
3: All right. Some things I can't say on the radio, so I'm not going to say them, but you get the gist of how I feel about it. But my thing is, Mike Leach, this is America. You go to college to get a degree, to get a job that pays you, just because my son's occupation happens to be football, but he does have a 3.4 grade average at Notre Dame, he was in the Mensa Society, meaning that he was a genius at age 13. Uh, He's 12 hours away from getting his double degree at Notre Dame, so that answers all the opportunities that needs to be done for me as a parent and for his mother. If a kid has a chance to better his life for his grandkids, his kids, and his family, who are they to say that they're not able to do it? Brian Kelly just left Notre Dame without alerting anyone and they have a problem with my son or any other kid opting out. So I think it's BS. And Mike Leach has never had nobody to opt
1: out so he wouldn't know. Actually, buddy, for what it's worth, I'm I'm 100% in your corner. I totally that was agree. Burn,
0: Luke? dude. That was classic burn. That was incredible. <laughs> awesome stuff. Hey Derek, thanks for coming on. And let's let's talk about um Kyle for a minute. I mean, uh, the, right now ESPN has him as the the ninth overall pick and I guess it's been surreal for you, someone that played professional uh basketball, your son comes along and he's been the you know, at 6-4, he's one of the best safety prospects in, in in probably the last decade. I mean, what's it been like for you as a parent watching how how much he's excelled and, you know, what you're about to walk through as a family?
3: Um I've been a professional athlete, and I've worked with him for the last 15 years. So Kyle had Uncle Bob Whitfield, Uncle Mike Vick, Uncle, you know, things like that, Jody Meeks and Iman Shumper. So my son has been around professional sports for a long time. So it's not going to change what's going on with him. And as a parent, I saw this coming a long time ago that my son didn't like basketball. He liked basketball, but he said he loved football because it's a team game, and it takes everybody to be on a team. So it started there. But he's just an exceptional athlete. He's a great kid. And the beauty of it is, I'll tell a funny story. There was one parent at the marriage school where he went to in Atlanta. He's like, why doesn't Kyle run through the banner first since he's the leader? So I asked my son after the game, like, why don't you run through the banner? He's like, Dad, that's when I go dark. So... It told me a lot about him as a person. He has to change personality to be that football player that everyone sees. And I say that to say after the game, he's back into the sweet, loving kid that I know. <laughs>
0: Good stuff we we talked to uh, Delia thomas's son in the previous segment, of course, devin went to Southern miss and you know when when Kyle was coming out I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know you and 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 the family were ecstatic that he went to you know such a prestigious university like Notre Dame, but what was your what was your role in that process in kind of you know helping him decide where he wanted to spend four years to play
3: Well, the key word is what you said he decided. I didn't decide anything because I didn't want to be the father that said, hey, you go to Georgia, you go to Michigan. I'm, a, I'm an Alabama fan. I'm going to just tell you straight up. I'm from Mobile. I'm a road tired guy all day. But we went to Alabama, and the first thing they told us was, here's the, here's the athletic facility, here's the weight room. They never said anything about a book. And my son's an academic kid, so he chose Notre Dame for those reasons, and he chose it on his own. So that's all I have to say about the type of kid that he is. Pretty
1: cool. They don't grow like that, much. Derek Hamilton is with us, a former uh, basketball player at Southern Miss on the NIT championship team. His son, Kyle, now expected to be one of the top draft picks in the NFL. One of the things that I consistently hear about, you know, from from agents, et cetera, Derek, and you you work, like you said, with a lot of these athletes on, on their way up the ladder, is if... Anything other than skills on the field, on the court, what have you, that they think should be taught to young athletes today is money management, that the dollars will either control them or the players will control the dollars. Your son most likely is going to fall into you know, a pretty good dowry, pretty good uh, you know, paycheck coming up. Do you agree with that statement that that's something that they really need to focus on is managing money at that level?
3: Yes, but uh, yes, I agree with you. And his nonprofit is going to be a money management for underprivileged kids. They're trying to teach them the value of a dollar. So that's where his focus is. Um, by me being a professional athlete, I had the work and the thoughts of putting both of my kids in the market when they were in high school. So they've been trading. They've been doing stuff like that since ninth, tenth grade. And the value of a dollar, I think that. I think that comes from parenting and the way you were brought up. Like, some people act like the first check they get is going to be the last check, and some people just look at it as money, put it in the bank, don't think about it, and keep living your life. And I think that's where a lot of kids miss. But you have to understand also everybody is not blessed like my son to be raised in an upper-middle-class upper, upper middle class world and things of that nature. Some kids are coming from the urban community. And they need to be taught that. And I agree with you 110%. But also, there's a lot of predators out there that prey on kids. So you don't know who to trust. That's why I think we have something that's called Team Ham. That's my ex-wife, my son, both of my kids. And we run everything through each other. Kyle had 10 deals for NIL. He might have did over $150,000 in three months.
1: All right, Derek, hang, hang hang with us. We're getting ready to go into a hard commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you, when did you know that you were an adult? We'll fill in the blanks on that question and more as the Eagle Hour continues with the great Derek Hamilton in just a moment.
2: tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
1: Kelly Sander and Luke Johnson in the studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Merg producing the show today. This segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar & Grill. If you're pre-gaming tonight, getting ready for the Southern Miss Jacksonville game, we'll be there pre-gaming prior to the tip-off at Reed Green. We'll be talking a little bit about that in our final segment. Uh, it's the it's the place to pregame and postgame with all Southern Miss fans. They've always got the latest sporting event on TV trivia. They've got pool tables. They've got dart boards. We just suggest that if uh, you're walking around Fourth Street, just be careful walking in front of the dart boards. Uh, that would that would be really smart. And at, and at 4th and Kelly,
0: Street, we, we could we we could add and go ahead and finish the ad. But I, I'll I want to bring up something uh, about Fourth Street with Derek.
1: Well, I was I I think I was going to go there in front of you, Luke. If that's, that's go I, ahead. I was just going to say the iconic poster with the fab five there uh the nit champions that
3: was only four of us well
1: there were five on the team though but
3: it was four of us on the poster i'm just clearing that up
1: oh okay okay what was also on the poster was the length
0: of your shorts Derek. now i'm being told that when you and casey go play golf it's it's the same attire
3: definitely not i would never do that to myself (laughs) again when i look back at that my my kids are like, Dad, what, what was you doing? So, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that was just that was so bad.
1: The way it was back in the day. Uh, going into the commercial break, Derek Hamilton, I, I asked you when was it that you learned that you were an adult? The reason I asked you that question is because people hear you on this show now when you make an occasional visit with us. They say, Man, talk about a guy who is on top of his game professionally, personally, everything. And they said, that is not the same Derek Hamilton that I went to school with at Southern Miss, the guy who was crazy as a car hit dog. <laughs> so, so at what, <laughs> at what point hey. did, did you know you were an adult?
3: <laughs> I was an adult then, and I'm an adult now, and I still have those moments. But at the same time, like being around the world, just being introduced to different people and different business opportunities and business aspects, I think I I learned who I really was as a person. So I would say around 25, I started saying, okay, I can do something more in my life after basketball is done. So I started reading more. I started taking life more serious. And then when I had kids, I was like, I want to be a perfect example of a father. So that's why I made those changes
1: and wish they were for the better. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? I'm going to ask you one more question before I turn you back to Luke. Uh, you, you alluded to it in the first segment with us today, Derek, about Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame. And I think in your words you said without telling anybody or, or there or something to that effect. And it sounded like to me that that, uh, that, that's, that that doesn't sit well with you. What is your view of Brian Kelly up and going to LSU the um, way he did?
3: Uh, Coach Kelly did a lot for my son. I cannot say he gave him a stage and a platform at Notre Dame that is a worldwide stage. And the only thing, my son was a captain this year, and uh, the only thing that hurt them was the way it was done. Not that he left. He's a professional. He won more games than anybody in the history of Notre Dame. When you get offered $100 million, got to think about it. So, But I just think that, that the way he left, in the middle of the night type of thing. It's um, the only thing that made me upset. Not mad at no coach for leaving because this is America. And you should have the right to do what you want to if it's within reason. So that's the same reason that we go back to Mike Leach, dumbass, when he said kids shouldn't leave, but you can leave. So that's my only problem is the way it's done. And I think my son was going to play in the playoffs if they made it. He was going to sacrifice that, but they didn't make it. So it was just time to leave.
0: Darry, and, and just to follow up on that, help you know people understand because what you guys are looking at, you know, it, it's first round money. It's it's uh, an investment. Uh, one of the greatest things that a young person can go through, as far as uh, you know, with the opportunities. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, that sometimes these players take out insurance, you know, uh, draft insurance on that. And I mean, it, it's a it's a big deal, and and one play can kind of ruin that.
3: Yes, uh Notre Dame is one of the schools that do not pay for insurance, uh which we had to for draft loss of value and disability and um uh, stuff like that is not cheap, you know you're looking at fifty sixty thousand dollars depending on the draft status of that kid and you want to protect that and from our standpoint, that's coming from a parent like alabama florida l s u they have a budget for that, but Notre Dame's a private institution and they don't. So people don't understand that, you know, $60,000 is $60,000, it is what it is. But you know, you, you want to cover your kid's behalf if he has that opportunity, but at the same time, when it's his time to go get what's out there for him, I don't think you should don those people look down at him because it's a business decision. You go to college to get a degree, to get a job. So my son just happened to have a different skill set but he'll still go back to Notre Dame and get his degree. He'll graduate with a 3.5 and a double major with business and finance. I don't understand the problem.
0: Absolutely. What, uh, last question for me, uh, what has kind of been going into this process of the NFL, and what's kind of been the, the, the two or three biggest things that you have told him as someone who has you know walked this path before? What's been your advice to your son?
3: First of all, I walked the path, but I've never had these type of shoes on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's a top five generational talent per se. That's what they say. You know, I'm not being an overzealous dad, but that's what they say, and I see it. But, you know, I tell him, first of all, say less, do more. You know, don't give people an opportunity to say anything negative towards you. Get your teammates as if you're not who they think you are and play your ass off when you get on the field. Those are the three things, and just be a good human being. And I think he's done that. He's a great kid. Both of my kids are great. I got one that graduated from Penn, University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League, with a minor in business, and then went on and got his MBA from William & Mary. Now he's working in Brooklyn in marketing. So I had the same aspirations for both of my kids. One just happens to be a football star, and the other one is a star in business. So I'm happy.
1: How would you describe your role, Derek, in that decision-making process when that time comes? Are you totally outside? Or are you part of his team, Kyle's team?
3: Uh, like I said before, we have Team Hamilton, which is his mom. We're divorced, but we still come together on the kids and his brother, who's in marketing, and Kyle. So we bounce decisions off each other, but ultimately, Kyle's the boss. It's his decision. He chose his agent. He'll choose his financial people. He'll choose his marketing people. But, like I said before, I read a book by Tiger Woods' father, and he said his job was to be the train tracks to Tiger's train. So I just try to be the tracks when he gets off board a little bit. I say, son, I would do it this way, but I never will. I tell him what to do because it's his journey.
1: There have been, there have been, and I want to change gears here a little bit, Derek Hamilton. A lot of the oldsters. Uh, in the sports world, say, I just, this transfer portal, kids, they don't, you know, they make these commitments, and then they back out on them, their, their word is not worth salt anymore, it's just, it's a terrible sports world we're living in, the transfer portal is bad, but based on what you just said about this is America, and you go where the getting is good, I'm I'm just guessing that you don't have a problem with the transfer portal at all.
3: Coaches transfer. If you get another job right now, if NBC called you and told you to come to New York, I'm pretty sure you'll write your resume. I mean, write your resignations papers. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't want to get you fired. But I'm just saying, it's an opportunity world. And when you have a better opportunity, you go for the better opportunity. Coaches do it all the time. What's the problem with the kids doing it? It's so, like NIL. Like,
1: yeah, I was just, just going to ask you paperwork. about that. Yeah.
3: I mean, my, my son did great on NIL. He has a clothing line. He has he he's Aragon, he did a lot of quality stuff that met his personality because of the star that he had from Notre Dame. And, you know, we had to go back and forth with Notre Dame. We couldn't use his color blue, can't use his color green. There's things like that that we had to go through to set the tempo for the kids that's coming in the future. And I think the revenue should be shared. I saw yesterday Alabama made $147 million. Georgia made $147 million. Notre Dame made $120 million. Come on, man. Really? How did they make that? And Brian Kelly just got $10 million a year. You got kids who can't get food after the evening. Share some revenue with them. Take $5 million out of the 147 and split it with the 500 athletes on campus.
1: Yeah, it makes that that argument certainly certainly makes sense. And I, and in our remaining minute and a half with you, Derek, I just want to make one other point and just get you to fill in some blanks here. I always had said okay. that about that 1987 nit basketball team is that that for some reason you guys seem to understand that college basketball was entertainment and that it it was one thing to score, but if we could score with a gold 23 lob or some type of play that is not ordinary, uh, that would raise the roof on a sold-out Reed Green Coliseum, that that's the way you wanted to approach it. Am I wrong about that?
3: No, it, it is entertainment. So just like you go to a play, it's on a stage. So if you sit in a basketball game, it's actually a stage or a football stadium. It's a stage. It's the same way with the ancient Greeks and the, the Romans back in the day. They had, They brought people out. And they slaughtered people then, but now it's entertainment on a stage. They say New York Madison Square Garden is the biggest stage to do what you do. So it's entertainment from the beginning.
1: Well, as a Bengal fan, I know what it's like to sit there and watch my team get slaughtered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's,
3: it's, it's, but you're doing better now. Burrow Burrow and Jamar Chase is doing helping you out a little bit with your stress.
1: Yeah, well hopefully we can hopefully we can do a little better. <laughs> always always great to talk to you, Derek, and continued success for you and Kyle.
3: And thank you so much. And whenever you need me, guys, I'm here for you.
1: All right, thanks so much. The great Darren Hamilton of Southern Miss basketball fame. When we come back, Luke Johnson's going to get us up to date on everything going on at Southern Miss, including basketball, a win for the women last night, a game for the men tonight. More of the Eagle Hour in a moment.
2: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Great talking to uh, two sides of uh, the same coin, professional sports. Devin Thomas in the first segment talking about his dad being in the NFL, and then Derek Hamilton of Southern Miss Basketball Allure talking about his son Kyle, safety from Notre Dame, uh, looking to be a first-round pick, kind of a consensus top ten pick, looking to go ninth overall.
1: We uh, lost Luke there for a second. He's going to be back in just a second. Uh, this segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by D1 and D-Bat. It's just in time for Christmas. Of course, the kids will be at home, and it won't be two or three hours before they're saying they're bored, right? We'll have them get ready for the softball and baseball season by their winter camps that are available at D1 and D-Bat. Some of them will be, you know, like hourly sessions, and the camps will be, like, run three consecutive days and members at D1 and d get a little bit lower price for these camps but uh, available to all youngsters at D1 and Dbat. D1 on the left-hand side with all the batting cages and they, they keep things neat as a pin and real clean and and sanitary with uh, all the COVID stuff going on and then Dbat as well can help you train uh, and get ready for whatever sport that you might be participating in. Meanwhile, the male Golden Eagles, the men, uh, have a basketball game tonight at 7 o'clock versus Jacksonville. The Dolphins come to town. Coach Jay Ladner's team trying to get back on the winning track. That game with Loyola this weekend was canceled because of a a COVID outbreak. And, of course, that's an NAIA team is Loyola, but they're among the, the best in the country. So that was a game that Southern Miss really needed to play, but we'll see how they do tonight. 7 o'clock is the tip off at Reed Green Coliseum, and again they'll be uh, tailgating, if you want to call it that, or pre-gaming at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, Southern Miss against Jacksonville University tonight. And then they'll take to the road for two games prior to their Conference USA opener against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky has been all the buzz in Conference USA basketball so far in this early season after what they did to Ole Miss. Uh, They just tore Ole Miss apart. Uh, last week, and of course, that's not good news when you got a very good Western Kentucky team that will be coming to Reed Green, but nonetheless, a very good team against uh, the Eagles, who are still trying to find themselves a little bit. But prior to opening against Western Kentucky, they'll have two road games. They'll go to Louisiana Monroe this weekend after tonight's game, and then they'll go to uh, East Carolina after that. So, Luke, that uh, kind of gets everybody up to date on the, the men's basketball schedule, but the women won last night, and the women continue to be on a roll.
0: Yeah, I just so totally realized that I disconnected from y'all, so I talked through the both men and women's games by myself. Anyway, women win last night over Blue Mountain 75-50. to They improved to 7-2 and on the year. Macy Weaver 14.7 rebounds, and Kelsey Jones 13 rebounds last night. Lady Eagles will head down to Boca Raton this weekend to take on Alabama A&M and richmond i was going to tell you and this is when i got the text that i had accidentally uh, lost connection with you guys tonight at seven kelly the first 400 fans get tacky
1: christmas t-shirts i know that's your thing if they make triple mediums i'm in but if if they don't if they <laughs> triple don't Isn't that
0: quad triple mediums
1: well probably for me now yeah, yeah quadruple uh, med- uh, when, when am i going to get my image and likeness deal with bluebell ice cream you'd think they'd be all over a body nice. like this That would dress up as a bell. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what, I might not be wanted, but there are a lot of athletes who are wanted, Luke, and they're going to put their names in the early signing period on the dotted lines tomorrow. And Southern Miss fans can keep up in various ways. Yeah, there'll be a signing day live show.
0: It'll be streamed through ESPN3 tomorrow from 1130 a.m. to 1 p.m. as a part of National Signing Day, of course, the early class in December. Um, so on the show on ESPN3, Will Hall will be there, John Cox will be there, and it will take place from the Touchdown Terrace in uh, in the Rock. You can be invited. Um, to be part of the live studio audience, the doors open at 10:30 a.m. and we're going to be following it tomorrow Eagle hour on the road we'll be down in uh, Purvis for Rammy's motors and at, right when the signing um, show gets done with we'll come on air uh, of course on our super talk affiliates right now this is how where it stands through today the Golden Eagles have nineteen uh, total scholarships uh, and they'll, they've got about seven they're going to fill seventeen of these are commitments. Two of them are transfers. Golden Eagles got another transfer today. Jalil Clemens, originally from Starkville High School, he has played for Memphis, but he's a 6'3", 240-pound, kind of hybrid defensive end player. Of course, Dalen Gill coming from Ole Miss. That's the two transfers. Uh, but here's the breakdown so far. Ten defensive um eight offensive and one athlete and uh, 11 of these are from high school eight of these are junior college and so we'll have a full breakdown of who signs uh, tomorrow and as we go on air you'll know exactly what's going on but it's shaping up to be a good good class according to some rankings the number 2 class in uh, Conference USA, Kelly. And right now, mid-60s overall. And if they were to finish somewhere in the mid-60s, it would be the highest
1: recruiting class since 2008 for the Golden Eagles. And this may be the last time you ever hear that the Southern Miss class is ranked anywhere in Conference USA rankings. Because it could be that the Sun Belt will be in Hattiesburg in January of 2022, although all the public statements have been no later than July of 2023 so we'll keep you posted on that Kyle Roan will also be joining us tomorrow from Ramey's in Purvis Kyle Rohn, assistant men's basketball coach hopefully talking about a win tonight against Jacksonville again tip off at the greenhouse at 7 o'clock Thursday on the program the alter ego of Will Hall we'll explain a little bit about that As time goes on, you can catch us live or on all the different podcast formats. We thank you for joining us. Luke, my good buddy, and Laurel at the First Bank Studio. I'm Kelly here in Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studio. Merg is our producer. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the top.